Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show. On today's episode, we have the community lead of Dapper Labs, Jacob Eisenberg. You might know him from the NBA Top Shot community. My friend, how are you doing? Buster, thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. We got a lot to talk about. I'm excited to be doing more stuff with Dapper and NBA Top Shot. How did you first discover Top Shot? Were you with the company? Were you outside of the company? And what attracted you to it? Yeah, so this was the summer of 2020, peak COVID. Um, I used to scout basketball for Draft Express and work for a few agents and uh, teams overseas helping find like the 61st pick of the draft, so to speak. And one of the guys I used to scout with got deep into Top Shot very early on. He was based out of Israel and he saw the job posting. He knew that I was looking for work and I worked in community. Uh, I had just uh, worked for overtime, a cup of coffee there right before the pandemic or right as the pandemic was happening rather. And uh, he sent over the job listing and I looked into it. I collected cards a lot growing up and it just felt like a really cool thing. I ripped open my first pack I had that experience of feeling like a kid again, and I was hooked. And then over the next month, I was going through a series of interviews, working with them on some some smaller projects. And then shortly thereafter, I joined the team right as we were opening up our beta. So when beta launched, because I first discovered Top Shot in, I want to say, December of 2021, and I ruled it off. And then in February of 2021, I made my first buys. What were some of the deals that you could get when it first launched on series one? What did series one cost? What were, what was a LeBron series one right when, you know, series one launched? Yeah. So really crazy to think back on when, when the closed beta started, you know, cosmic packs were 230 bucks and they, were available kind of on demand. When I I was, I joined the team slightly after that. I joined the team, the first legendary drop I was around for was the Lace em Up drop. Um, and those were 230 bucks and they didn't sell out for three days. You could come to Top Shot, buy up to 10 Lace em Up packs at a time. And it took three days for them to sell out. And uh, there were, like Top Shot debuts before they had the Top Shot badge, the debut badge on them. People were just buying, selling, flipping anything from a Julius Randle Top Shot debut to a Chris Middleton Top Shot debut for a dollar, two dollars maybe. Like there was a ton of opportunity early on of just like if you believed in Top Shot and you were in the right place at the right time, you could buy up moments now that are going for hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars for under $5. So that was, that was pretty wild to think about. For reference sake, what is a Cosmic Pack now price-wise and how many of them are left? Sure, so I can't tell you the specifics on how many Cosmics have been unopened because we actually sold those packs before we announced formally that packs would be uh, sellable in the future in the marketplace. So I'm not positive how many have not yet been opened. But for context, the Jetty Osman, who is, I think, no disrespect to Jetty, probably the worst player in the Cosmic set, his moments are going for $4,000 at the floor um, for the Cosmic Legendary. So just for anyone that is unfamiliar with Top Shot, we have four tiers of scarcity. We have Common, we have Fandom, 
we have rare and we have legendary. Commons are kind of meant to be common. They're the closest analog we have to trading cards. You can get a common from series one. They were numbered to 4,000 or less. At this point in series three, you can get commons for under 10 bucks from your favorite players, be it LeBron, be it Steph Curry. Fandom are, they, they kind of stretch the gambit. You can get a Steph Curry, uh, his record breaking three pointer at the garden earlier in the season when he broke Ray Allen's record. Those, uh, there are only about 600 of them and they're going for mid thousands, I think three or 4,000 at the floor. Rares uh, can be as common as 2022. The all-star game set is a rare set. Each moment in that set is numbered to just over 2000 to reflect the year we're in. And then legendaries are at most right now, we have the finals legendaries from last year are numbered to 120, but overwhelming majority of legendaries are numbered to under hundred. The cosmics were the first legendary set on top shot. They're kind of the the T206 Honus Wagner of Top Shot, if you will, in terms of mm-hmm. kind of their, their prestige. Um, and those are uh, a set with every team represented. And the LeBron Cosmic, for example, has sold for, I believe, $208,000 was the, the high sale on that one. But I think there might be only one LeBron listed of the 49 Cosmic LeBrons. And the floor price for that one right now is a million dollars. So everyone that has a LeBron Cosmic is either unwilling to sell it or only willing to sell it if they can get a million dollars for it. That's the best top shot in existence. Best is very hard to say. It is LeBron's top shot debut um, alongside. He also has a hollow legendary from series one that is numbered to 32, I want to say. So if you're going strictly by the scarcest top shot debut of the best player in the world, the hollow is technically more prestigious, but seeing as we'll never make any more cosmics in the world, but that was a rule we put out cosmic set is only for series one. It's only for these players that are making it into cosmic in series one. Um, And of course there is a little bit of, uh, maybe incongruency, I would say, with like Jetty Osmond making it into that set. Like there's not a full kind of circular picture of these are only the best 30 players in the league, yada, yada, yada. Right. But I would say the LeBron Cosmic just, it stands out to me because the, the set art on the moment itself is so epic. And it's obviously a LeBron Top Shot debut, which, you know, there, there are only so many of those. Goes without saying. Now for somebody, so... You know, Top Shot launches in, in 2020. LeBron, you know, debuted in 2003. LaMelo Ball debuted closer to, you know, when Top Shot came out. In theory, should a rookie Top Shot of a player who's actually in their rookie year be more highly collected, such as how in traditional physical collectibles, a rookie card is worth more than a 18th year, even if it's the first of a product? Yeah, great question. Um, I think beauty's in the eye of the beholder there. I would say that from my standpoint, we kind of have two classes of rookies in their own way. We have the rookie moments. And before LaMelo, we also had Zion and Ja the year before. So the Ja Morant uh, rookie debut moment or the Zion Williamson, the hollow or the Ja Morant cosmic, those are all sold for six figures. Like those are all highly, highly coveted moments. Um, the Top Shot debut to me is 
more or less the same in terms of its allure, its stature. There will never be more top shot debuts of LeBron or Kevin Durant or whoever else. So even though it happened in LeBron's 17th season or whatever, there's still that aura around it, having a badge that signifies this is the first of that play and that player. Um, so it's really in the eye of the beholder, but certainly when we did run it back, um, which is our rare set where we go back in time to a specific right. year, we did run it back for 0506. The Chris Paul rookie moment from 0506 goes for fractions on what the Chris Paul top shot debut goes for at the same edition. Interesting. Size. That's something that I was going to ask, you know, to follow that up. If a, you know, run it back type set, if theoretically, and I don't know, I'm sure you know more about the legalities in regards to what years and what, you know, content and stuff you guys can do. Could you guys put out a 2003 LeBron top shot? Is that is that something you yeah. do? It's something we certainly could do. I think like when we look at the years we, we've gone back to so far, uh, 05, 06, 2013-14. Um, and uh, we just did a, a legendary drop. This, this series three we're in right now, so the 2021-22 season. We've gone back in history twice for the legendary tier. We did a Christmas Day drop, which was tied to the best moments of the last decade on Christmas. So Clay cool. Thompson chased down block on Chris Paul or uh, a, a bunch of uh, Derek Rose game winner over Kobe and the Lakers, you know, just a lot of like epic moments that are iconic for Christmas. Then we did the same thing for all-star weekend, the year 2000, the, the Vince Carter dunk contest year. So we have legendaries from that all-star weekend that include an assist from Allen Iverson or from Vince Carter behind the back to Allen Iverson for a reverse layup or Shaq rejecting Jason Kidd on the Suns at the rim, you know, things that are really timestamps in history of epic moments. But to answer your question, we absolutely can go to 03. We can go to any year, really. Um, certain players have different licensing rights, but that's kind of the inside baseball, kind of how the sausage gets made of how we Got negotiate it. around it. Yeah. Interesting. So for Michael Jordan, Sure. Who's an investor? Yes. How do the legalities work around getting Michael Jordan top shot moments on, on the platform? Yeah, it's a great question. So Michael Jordan, as you mentioned, is an investor. And I think like our long-term hope is to bring him to top shot in some capacity. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily who alpha. His last, who wouldn't want his last shot as a bull? I mean, that, that would be insane. Co-signed by MJ? Come on. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I'm revealing alpha when I say that, right? Like, I think it's inevitable that we're going to try. Um, but as Michael Jordan is, I don't know, Buster, this might be dating myself a little bit, but in NBA Live 1998 on the computer, Michael Jordan wasn't in the game. When you're playing NBA Live 1998, you play with the Bulls and you get number 98 as your John Dowd de facto Michael Jordan. John Dowd was the Barry Bonds analog for uh, MVP baseball. Pretty funny. So, so th those are the types of things that, you know, uh, again, I don't want to get too into the weeds on that type of stuff, but anything that we do, obviously we have a good relationship with Michael through kind of Dapper Labs and having him as an investor, but it's not as simple and cut and paste as if we're putting another... Uh, RJ Barrett on the, the site or whatever it might be. Right. Because all active players fall under the same NBA license, right? And then everybody that, else is separate. That's right. Exactly. 
Um, you know, everybody else is separate might be a little too blanket of a statement. There is a retired players union, but not every player is in the retired players union, whereas every active player is in the active players union. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. In terms of, um, you know, utility and burning, those are two things that I, I wanted to talk about. I guess we can start with the, the burning aspect of it. So for new moments there, you know, it's not like series one where there are a couple thousand, which could, you know, uh, contrast to how many, just for a lot of people, it's easy to understand when you compare physical to digital. Um, there would be 5,000, 10,000, you know, PSA of a certain rookie, there are 5,000, 10,000 in series one, series two, even sometimes of, you know, those rookies, those, those players. But then when you go on further than that, it's, you know, 40,000, 50,000. And the difference here is they're all in the same condition. They're all PSA 10s. Right. Um, so how do you guys combat the population and you know try to increase scarcity um you know where where best possible yeah so scarcity first is our motto and one thing that we may not have done a great job of and i take the onus on this is we really want to create polarity in the market where the best of the best stuff is super super coveted so if you think about all the moments on top shot less than 0.09% of all those moments are legendary moments. Um, On the common side, uh, we do have 60K commons for pretty much every player outside of rookies. So rookies are the the one exception to that rule. If you made the Rising Stars game, your most common rookie moment in uh, Series 3 is going to be your Rising Stars moment, which was numbered to 18,000. Now, you mentioned the PSA situation maybe there are 5,000, 6,000. I believe PSA has about 18,000 graded Luka Doncic rookie cards. Yep, that's right. So if you're looking at just, that's only graded, right? There are probably exponentially more, maybe two, three, four, five times more Luka Doncic rookie cards that either haven't been opened from packs or haven't been sent in to get PSA graded. So there's even more Zions, by the way. Right, right. So What you see is what you get on Top Shot. And and I think that the transparency is both a massive, massive positive in the long term and also adds a a lot more scrutiny in the short term, right? Like we, our community is not only trading card collectors. Our community also includes DFS players, sports gamblers, whatever it might be. Um, So they might not be as privy to the understanding that most trading cards of highly scarce rookies, even the ones that are valued at super high numbers, there are actually a lot more of those than you'll see of the even most widely circulated Lamelo on Top Shot last year, his rookie moment, the most common rookie moment from Lamelo. I'd say at the floor right now, I haven't looked in the last week, but it's around a, a $40 moment and there are 40,000 of them. And if you compare that to the most common Lamelo rookie cards, I think there have to be over 100,000 of like the kind of, uh, I don't what's like the most generic it's prism, not like, prism rookie prism rookie. yeah yeah i'd imagine it's with and what what border would that prism rookie have what's like up? the most the most common because with panini prism like i remember looking at emmanuel quickly's last year i was interested in getting one they like discern well the red border has only x number and the green border has like yeah the, the plain silver is the one where there are a ton and then you know as you go down the line just like any rarity for for anything on top shot too it just increases so the one of one quickly is going to be you know maybe tens of thousands but the the base is going to be like ten dollars same, right. same idea 
Exactly. Except exactly. I agree. I, I think the, I think having, you know, the quantity out there, it's funny because it's such a standard with NFTs. Like everybody goes, you know, knows to expect that transparency, but with traditional collectibles, like this past weekend, you know, so Drake bought, you know, a ton of cases of flawless NBA basketball cards to look right. for this LeBron one of one And they hadn't put the numbers out publicly, but every card in the set is numbered. Right. So I took two hours on a Saturday night and added up every single card in the checklist. And I found out how many they had. And it came out to 2,147 cases uh, and then double that boxes, 10 cards per box. So that that's the number of cards in the entire product. But it would be so much easier if I didn't have to spend two hours doing that right. on Saturday night. And they told me what it was. But that's only the case with that one product. You don't get that for for everything, you know. And so just doing my napkin math off of that, it's 2,000 times 2 times 10. We're talking about 40,000 for like as scarce as it gets. And yeah, so, you know, I think like, again, if you were coming to Top Shot, you're, you're listening to the Buster Show, this is your first time hearing about Top Shot or you've heard about it, but you haven't really taken the time to look into it. Uh, I would recommend if you're, if you're coming to Top Shot for the first time and you're coming with the idea of speculating on long-term potential, the rares and legendaries is really where scarcity is of the utmost importance. And even on the common side, it's going to be more rare than trading cards at every level. Um, but especially around rookies right now, you'll have uh, more or less two flagship rookie common moments out there. One, which will be numbered to 4,000. And that rookie moment is from their debut game. So that's the really cool one, right? That's going to be LaMelo Ball's first career assist or Cade Cunningham's first career bucket or Evan Mobley's first career and one. It's really a, a timestamp. Um, the second will be if they get nominated to the Rising Stars team, then they get a commemorative Rising Stars moment. It won't be from the game itself because the Rising Stars game isn't as, uh, you know, if they're not wearing their home team jersey or their road team jersey, it's harder to look back years from now and have that kind of commemorate commemoration. Um, but like, for example, in that case, uh, anyone from uh, Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley, or even, you know, Jalen Suggs, the moments from those players in that uh, rising stars uh, set, it's going to be a, a more epic moment with maybe less historical significance than their first career field goal or assist or whatever it might be. One other thing I wanted to touch on is the number. So everyone has its own number. What are the most significant numbers and why? Yeah, for serial numbers, uh, that's kind of where, when you mentioned earlier, they're all PSA 10 out of 10s. I think there's a little more nuance to that in that serial number does determine value in our community quite significantly. So first hundred jersey number, number one, the last number. Round exactly. Numbers. Yeah. We have a lot of numerologists. So I would say... To everyone in the community, there's consensus. The three best serial numbers are going to be serial number one, the jersey match, and the final mint. So if it's out of 1,500, it will be 1,500 out of 1,500. Mm -hmm. uh, they call that the perfect mint in our community. Then the, the other ones that we've seen have significant interest are for Knicks players, 212 gets a lot of buzz. For... LeBron James serial number 2003 gets a lot of buzz for uh, trying to think of birth years are always significant. You know, there, there's a lot of ways to play this game of finding, like for me, when I was allowed to collect way back in the day, 
I have a Draymond Green. Draymond's my favorite player. I'm a Michigan State fan. I have serial number 300 of his Top Shot debut. Why 300? Well, the movie uh, Sparta, or the movie 300 with Gerard Butler, this is Sparta. Like, there's significance and tie-in with the number 300 at Michigan State. So everyone could derive their own value and excitement out of being a collector, which I love. I love that. I love that. Now, in terms of potential utility and things of that nature, you can plead the fifth if there if there's nothing announced yet or plans. But uh, is that something that that you guys are thinking of? You know, trading in stuff for other stuff. I know you guys are doing it with burning, uh, and maybe you can touch on that as well for packs. But is that something that's being considered for tickets to games and other things? Yeah, absolutely. So utility on a bunch of levels. I think at the the most obvious and most kind of established level for Top Shot right now. Um, if anyone in your audience has played NBA 2K, for example, there's the my team. Yeah, <laughs> there's my team in 2K where you, you can unlock players by completing sets. Same thing on Top Shot. We have challenges. The difference in this case would be when you unlock a moment or earn a moment by completing a set or by completing a challenge, you get to keep that moment forever. And there's no Top Shot. 23 coming out or top shot 24 coming out that will make what you earned in 22 uh, not necessarily valuable. Um, on a kind of more IRL level, um, we've flown collectors out to the NBA finals uh, based on how many Suns moments they had in their collection. We've flown collectors to the NBA draft. If they had 10 or more rookie moments in their collection, they got flown out to Brooklyn for the draft and the night before the draft. Last year, they got to have dinner with Davion Mitchell and Zaire Williams, Keon Johnson, Cam Thomas, four first-round picks. Uh, the very next day, they got to play knockout at Chelsea Piers with Obi Toppin. Like These are unviable experiences that, through owning moments on Top Shot, you have the chance to win these kind of crazy trips and, and fan experiences. One thing we've seen our community do a lot of in recent months is complete sets. So uh, we have a bunch of different sets on Top Shot, ranging from the most prestigious, like cosmic, to the most kind of accessible, such as the Hustle and Showroom, which is we have a set called Hustle and Show, where half of the moments from the set are gritty, like Tony Allen type, you know, diving on the floor, loose balls, Marcus Smart's a staple of that set. Then we also have the show portion of that, which is much more of like, Derek Jones Jr. or Carl Anthony Towns doing a reverse windmill, whatever it might be. So those are numbered to 18,000, much more accessible and affordable to get into. But once you're in that set, we have these communities that do unbelievable kind of both IRL and groups in be it Discord, be it uh, Twitter, be it Facebook, where you can really find your tribe via Top Shot and connect with others. Um, just today, Buster, we're recording this on Tuesday, March 22nd. If you have all the moments from any of the series on Top Shot from a specific team, so if you have a complete Lakers series or a complete Thunder series, you get access to a gated channel in our Discord uh, for all gated NBA teams. And today we're having Robert Ori come by to do an AMA with that community. That's cool. So that that's part, that's uh week one of a 10 week campaign where we're going to get legends, Robert Ori, uh, white chocolate, Jason Williams, a bunch of others that I'm not at liberty to share right here, but by owning sets, uh, you get access to the community, you get access to potentially down the road, merch, anything like that. 
by owning uh, team completions, you get access to anything from potentially game tickets to league pass to being able to have AMAs with players uh, in our Discord. That that is very cool. That is very cool. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely the future there. Now, since you're with Dapper, I know you guys have other products too. What are some of the the top things to know about you know the other stuff that Dapper is is creating? Yeah. So uh, in the last couple of months, we launched NFL All Day, which is our counterpart to Top Shot. Just obviously with the NFL, our partnership with the NFL is. Uh, really great because we not only have access to all the great moments from, you know, NFL history and, and contemporary NFL, but we also have partnerships with all of the teams. So if you're a big Giants fan, you can get an NFT of one of the, the plays from their Super Bowl winning drive in 2012, whatever it might be. Um, uh, that won't be a moment with the play itself, but it will be an NFT kind of commemorating the drive itself. Um, then we also just launched UFC Strike, uh, which is awesome because UFC fighters in general are really entertaining and really good showmans. So we've seen uh, them wear chains with their knockouts, their, their strike moments around their neck as they go into press conferences talking about, you know, why they're excited to be a part of UFC Strike. And it's also great as far as uh, a rev share with the UFC and that the players are, are getting um a significant cut of the action whenever transactions are happening on UFC strike. La Liga is coming out down the road. Um, so we're really taking this approach of, we want to create products that uh, Buster, our, our grandparents could theoretically use and never have to worry about knowing what the blockchain is. You can come to Top Shot, you can come to All Day, you can put down your credit card, you can buy your first pack for $9. The pack experience, unlike opening still images on cardboard, you're opening the greatest moments from history as digital NFTs. And then you can buy, sell, flip, just like you're at a card show, but just 24-7, 365 in our marketplace. So no need to worry about getting your cards graded. No need to worry about opening your packs with gloves on so you don't smudge. No need to worry about storing them in perfect rooms. Everything is just contained to the site itself. Uh, never have to worry about shipping it to Australia or Singapore, wherever it might be. Frictionless trading, 365. That's what Topshot can offer. Beautiful thing. Now, for those who are into crypto and, and are interested in sort of the blockchain side of things, everything runs on Flow, right? That's right. That is Dapper Labs' uh, own cryptocurrency. Yeah, so it's our own blockchain. The currency is also called Flow, all caps for the currency. The blockchain itself is capital F, lowercase L-O-W. Um, and the context there, Buster, is in 2017, when we launched CryptoKitties, which was one of the OG NFT projects out there, um, actually our CTO and co-founder co of Dapper Labs invented the word NFT, non-fungible token. He really? Yeah, the ER... C-271, the original NFT standard was uh, written by Dieter Shirley, the co-founder of Dapper Labs. So we've been in this Pretty space cool. for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and when CryptoKitties was launched, it pretty much crashed Ethereum. Like the number of transactions happening on Ethereum a day, just it wasn't prepared for a game like CryptoKitties that had just so much trading inherent to the game itself. Right. And Dapper still owns CryptoKitties, right? 
We do. So we, uh, and it's still an active game. People can use it. It's the crypto kitties itself has not yet fully migrated over to flow yet. So it would be on Ethereum still, but, uh, we took like, if we're able to almost bring down the entire network through, uh, digital kittens, like if, imagine what would happen if we had triple AIPs like the NBA on our side and like, right. To this day, if we're just looking at transactions, I use the site called Crypto Slam as our example here. Um, just today, in the last 24 hours, there have been 44,000 transactions on NBA Top Shot alone from 8,000 plus buyers. If we look at the total number of transactions for the Board Ape Yacht Club all time, and granted, totally different price points, and I love the board eight yacht club and what they do, but that, we're only talking about 6,000 or 25,000 total transactions all time. Um, and that's in over a year. So just in the last 24 hours, there have been nearly two times as many transactions and that's only made possible because flow really does support kind of, uh, the way that the, the blockchain is designed with uh, consensus nodes and validator nodes. It's really kind of cutting edge technology that will accommodate for a mainstream in which millions of people are using the blockchain rather than tens of thousands or simply hundreds of people on a daily basis. Right. Because traditionally gas fees have killed the possibility of anything being cheap, which rules out 99% of people who want to test it out. And most people don't want to drop two ETH just to figure out if this is for them or not. That's like right. a car in some places. So, um, and no gas on flow too, which is a huge advantage, right. uh, long-term. Right. For sure, for sure. Um, now, in terms of overall users, what, I, I don't know if that's public information or not, how many people actively trade on, on Flow or on, a, on Top Shot rather? Yeah, so all time we've had about 600,000 or so uh, unique accounts uh, purchasing moments and, and interacting in the marketplace. Uh, when we do a drop these days, we're typically seeing about anywhere from 75,000 to 100,000 people show up for a queue. So it, it's significant. We've obviously taken compliance extremely seriously. So while in 2020 and early 2021, we had a lot of multi-accounters, uh, now in order to be able to withdraw your funds from Topshot, you, you need to go through a, an identity check and make sure that everything you're doing is kind of above board. We want to be fully compliant. Again, we're, our, our eyes are not set on kind of the next six months, but rather building a generational product and opportunity for an entire space in Web3. So we want to make sure that everything we're doing is compliant with the government to make sure that we can keep doing it at the rate we're doing it. For sure. What are the questions you get most often as the community lead from the users? Yeah, I think uh, generally speaking, we, we've gotten a lot of questions around like, when are we going to see uh, a lot more IRL utility? Um, because obviously our partnership with the NBA and our partnership with the Players Association gives us a tremendous, not only privilege, but responsibility to be the future of fandom. And, and while, you know, we have done knockout games with Obi Top and or Tyrese Halliburton, being able to bring more people into that experience and, and get to see the, the value of how their NFTs bring them closer to NBA action. That's something that we're, we're still working through. But I think 
on a high level, one thing that I'm really excited about for the playoffs in a very web three sense is these team channels in the discord that I mentioned, the only way to get into them is by collecting an entire team. If you're in that team channel, starting for the playoffs, we're actually going to be giving, having a nomination and application process where the channels will be able to pick a government, like a leader to, to kind of run the channel. And then we're going to work with that leader to give them grants so that they can do fun activities for their community. So you can envision a world where the captain of the Chicago Bulls team channel, maybe they get a grant from Top Shot and then they with that money, either do nightly ticket giveaways to Bulls games for the playoffs, or let's do a happy hour at Buffalo Wild Wings, an open party. Anyone can come as long as you're coming uh, and you have a, a complete team set, you can join in on the fun. Um, so we really want to decentralize the IRL experience because we know this community is passionate. And, you know, we've done Top Shot takeovers at Terminal 5 in New York City, where we had John Starks and Nick Young and Quavo come by to do it like, a panel and then a uh, concert from Quavo. I remember but, I was there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the, the people at the event, the community, the collectors, more than anything, they just want to chat with each other. They want to strategize. They want to figure out what's undervalued in the market, how, how they got into Top Shot. We have a really wonderful community of people around the world that are big basketball fans, tech savvy, interested in kind of what the future will look like and uh, eager to help each other out. We've seen so many tremendous examples of the community coming together. A member of the Hustlin' Showroom, or sorry, the Wolf Pack. Uh, we have a bunch of different groups in our community, but we had Throwdowns, which is a very popular rare set of the best dunks of the year. And Hamadou Diallo was a challenge reward for that set because Hamadou Diallo won a dunk contest. And in Charlotte, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And so Hamid Diallo is kind of like the poster boy of that set, but that, that group, the Wolf Pack, um, one of their members, unfortunately, yesterday, uh, their daughter was going through a surgery and the community banded together and gifted him a ton of moments that he could either buy, sell, trade, or just hold on to for the rest of his life. So like, we do have a very empathetic community of people that come together to try to help each awesome. other through tough times. That's awesome. Who are the biggest Top Shot influencers in the space? Yeah, I mean, certainly we've got uh, the first Mint, which is a, a giant NFT podcasting company with Luke Doucet, LG Doucet, who I have a great relationship with and have the utmost respect for all he's done. Uh, the Club Top Shot guys from Jack Settleman and Pete Overzet and uh, uh, Peter Jennings um, and uh, MBL, Mike Levy, they've been great. Um, there's a, a popular daily show on YouTube called Team Hold with Mike Zakarian, who's a comedian out of New York City. Um, it's, a, it's a great community. Uh, as far as the influencers in the space, no one resonates more with our community and, and speaks as passionately as the, the players themselves. So Tyrese Halliburton's an active collector. Harrison Barnes has a six-figure collection. Cole Anthony's a very active collector. Um, so those guys generally... Uh, are the ones that I'd point to as the most uh, influential. But of course, we've done partnerships with Dwayne Wade. We've done partnerships with Kevin Durant. Uh, Lisa Leslie comes to mind as a very active member of our community. Um, so I, I think we're, you know, Buster, maybe you're next. I think I think that it's about time to get you fully in on the, the Top Shot shilling. I, I love it. Uh, who is the best collection on Top Shot? 
there's a guy named Alxo who has literally every single moment ever minted and publicly available. So if I went to moment how ranks, this, how did this person get them? So Alexo has been an OG to the space. He was in the closed beta. Um, he's had a lot of convictions since day one. Uh, if I type in his username. So another cool thing about Topshot that's different than say uh, trading cards is you can see what an account is being like the portfolio is valued at just by these third party tools because this is all on a blockchain. It's all public information. Um, but Alexo has 18,000 moments in his collection. And right now his total account value is $7.5 million. And he has one of every moment and some multiple of others. So he has the LeBron cosmic. He's got, if I'm, I'm just sorting by what his uh, moments are valued at. We have a great third-party site called moment ranks that takes serial number into account to determine what are the most valuable moments in that That's collection. Cool. Um, and they say that his most valuable moment is the Zion Williamson Cosmic Series 1, serial number 1, which, of course, for Zion is not just serial number 1, but also his jersey match. Yeah. Yeesh, that's, a, that's a big one, huh? Damn. What also, is that, what's, that, what's that moment valued at? Right now, they're saying, if I clicked on it, let's see. If I go to... One other thing in the meantime, I've yeah. seen top shots auctioned in traditional auctions, like golden auctions. Is that something you think we'll see more of? Yeah, it's a little, it, for sure, to answer the question directly, I think you'll see more of it. I think when we've done those auctions, it hasn't been top shot doing them as much as sellers like Pranksy, who's big right. in the space. Um, but I think the uh, the sellers have come to find that the price discovery in the auctions has not been as effective as listing it for sale directly in Top Shot, um, which is interesting um, and definitely not something yeah, that makes, I think. It makes sense unless, I mean, at the end of the day, whoever can promote anything anywhere, it will, the best, it will sell for the most. Right. So it's on Top Shot and you're great at promoting it, you know, and, and you can tell a story. Um, yeah, that would, that makes sense. So for the Zion to come back to it, Right now, the floor price of any of the 49 in existence is $25,000 for serial number one. The top sale all time on this moment is $80,000. I don't think that was serial number one. So I would say long-term uh, probably less. Yeah, I mean, his hollow uh, from the same year, series one hollow um, went for 100,000 plus. So I'd imagine the cosmic is treated similarly. Sheesh, just need Zion to come back for those holders. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised to see 24,000 or 25,000. Um, it goes to show like, and that, that's kind of, I always like in Top Shot to kind of a hybrid of four things. It's like trading cards meets the stock market meet, or any marketplace, StockX, eBay, whatever it might be. It's akin to that. Uh, meet, meets fantasy sports, or if you're a 2K player, I'll, I'll use my team as the example. And last but not least, the airline loyalty program for the NBA in the sense that like you could get these unviable experiences as rewards. Um, but that's where you see the trading cards meets the market kind of in real time. Like Zion has, has never been less relevant since he became uh, like an overtime sensation five years ago, right? And that's, people are forgetting. And, and like, we see this every single year, like, 
if we're talking about who are the five best players in the NBA right now, how often is Kawhi going to come up? Well, I can guarantee you Kawhi is still a top five player. He doesn't just guarantee lose it because he's inactive this year. So that's like the, the interesting thing about seeing that marketplace reaction in real time to real time performance. It's true. That's an interesting point. Um, and, you know, uh, a, a testament to occasionally by the dip, um, whether that be in any asset class, although with a rookie that hasn't won championships like Kawhi, it's a little bit different. Um, right, but, right. Hey, Joel Embiid is the poster boy right now for missing years of his career at the beginning and then becoming an MVP caliber player. So um, it's definitely not impossible. Not financial advice by any means, but I, I tend to agree with where your head is. Definitely not financial advice. Definitely don't listen to me on that stuff. But um, yeah, so rookie for first debut, you know, in terms of things to look for. Top shot debut, which is often going to be the same thing if it's a rookie. Right. Um, series one, obviously, overall. Are there any utility benefits to series one over series two and three? So when we do challenges such as collect X, Y, or Z, sometimes there are going to be situations where we require you to collect a series one moment from that player or their top shot debut. Um, but generally, just like with any collectible, the utility or the value of that is derived by the community itself. So series one moments have, A, they're scarcer because we minted a lot less of them. And B, just like a comic from the 1950s, it's a collector's item. Like there will only ever be one series one. So that's where the value is. One thing that I think uh, I'd love to just touch on really quickly. You broke down rookie badges, top shot debut badges. We also have championship year badges. So any moment minted in the year that a player wins a championship gets a badge as well. But I think the big one that we might sleep on a bit is just like, what are moments that will stand the test of time as always being memorable, right? Like the play itself matters, the context matters. So Vince Carter's top shot debut is the final field goal made before the world shut down for COVID, right? Like he had a three-pointer against the Knicks and then that was his and last- that was, Right, the final shot of his career. Final shot of his career. And that's his first moment on top shot. So that's significant. Giannis's block on DeAndre Aiden in the finals last year. Like that's a moment that, that one like, just got way more significant too after the injury report. Right, right. Insane. Exactly. Uh, Drew Holiday in the finals last year with the alley-oop to Giannis. That's another one that, you know, like I, I think that maybe too often we look at the everything besides the play where I think the play should play just as much of a role because, you know, I, I look back on my formative memories as an NBA fan and from Larry Johnson's shot in the garden, the four point play to uh, Ray Allen's championship winning or saving three pointer for the Miami heat to Kyrie's game winner against the, the Warriors, those moments aren't on top shot yet. So we're still very early in terms of what we've distributed out. Um, but yeah, these moments are significant. And like, I always talk about, or when, when people ask me, like, and this isn't by the way, exclusive to only legendaries, right? We have Carmelo Anthony's uh, field goal that put him to 10th all time on the scoring list. It was just a random three pointer over Danilo Gallinari when he was on the Blazers. It's going for like $3 in the marketplace. Um, What's the, what series is it? It's a series two. Um, 
and the play itself, it's like, again, not remarkable, but it has historical significance. If you're a big Carmelo fan, like that's a moment that will always stand the test of time of being relevant. We have also Carmelo's career high in the garden uh, from run it back. Ooh, series Mello 62. We do. We have Mello 62 in the garden. It's going for 2,400 at the floor, only 275. It's a rare. Um, I was at that game. I might, were need, you? I might need to get one of those. Yeah, poor Anthony Tolliver getting destroyed in the, the footage of that play, just getting worked by Carmelo. Well, he got lucky. It was Michael Kidd-Gilchrist who was getting crushed right. the whole game. Yeah, that was the irony of that season because Kidd-Gilchrist was, like, known to be one of the best defenders in the league. And, and not like just – Melo and LeBron. Exactly. Back to back 60. That was exactly. insane. Insane. And, and that's, what, that's what I love about Top Shot. Like, more than anything – NBA fans can reminisce on just insane timestamps from history in a way that I don't think any other platform or collectible can do. You're right. That's a really interesting point. I, I never really thought about it that way. It's like the random visual memories that pop up when you see these moments as, you know, NBA fans. That, that's interesting. Um, so in terms of packs, how do you, I know packs are, you know, relatively hard to get now. Like you jump in line and you hope you're in early enough. Can you buy packs on the secondary or is that? Packs coming to the secondary market in 2022. If you're a new fan coming to Top Shot for the first time, uh, there are $9 starter packs for you to, to get yourself started. They come with, uh, pretty soon they'll come with three moments. And one of those moments has the chance of being a rare or a legendary, albeit a slim chance. But if you're a, if you're a fan of opening Panini prism packs, like not too different in the sense that you can get lucky, you can get something that you love. A lot, a lot more than $9 too. Right. Um, so, so those are available. And then on top of that, Every week we aspire to have a drop. Um, those drops now, we, we experimented in February with what were called blended packs of every tier. So um, elite packs came with, say, a 1% chance of a legendary and a 5% chance of a rare. Well, we're going back to our old model where we sell way fewer packs. But if you have a high enough collector score, this is probably something I should touch on really quick. For every moment you own in your collection, you get a collector score point value associated with that moment. So a legendary is worth a thousand collector score points. A rare is worth, I want to say around 80. It varies series to series. But based on how many collector score points you have, you can work yourself into queues. And the primary queue, the priority queue, number one, comes with the best chance of landing a legendary or a rare because it's gated. So you need, say, a 20,000 collector score to even get into the queue. So now we're talking about 4,000 packs or 3,000 packs going to only 6,000 people that qualify. So if you get into that queue based on your collector score, you have about a 50% chance of getting that pack. And then it triages down. Um, but I digress to say that if you do get into that queue and you do happen to get a pack, you're guaranteed either a legendary or a rare, whatever that pack theme is. Then on the common side, uh, we have limited edition commons that aren't from the base set. The base set is where it's really, you know, you could get a 60,000-esque, you know, edition size. On the common limited edition side, we have moments uh, from the playoffs or from uh, Game Recognized Game, which was a set that Kevin Durant curated himself. Those moments are all numbered to about 10,000 to 15,000. So far, far more scarce, um, still accessible and not necessarily meant long-term to be like your retirement fund, but like a way that you can enjoy Top Shot on a daily basis without kind of 
uh, risking it all. Makes sense. That's pretty cool. So somewhere out there, there are unopened cosmic packs that could have a LeBron cosmic in them. There's a chance. There are also every month now uh, series one reserve packs we put out. So you mentioned trade tick. I'll touch on trade tickets really quick before we, we break here. Every moment in your collection, you'll notice if you go to Top Shot right now, if you type on eBay, Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or LeBron James, you can get a card from those guys, a common card, you know, the, the most basic of their cards for under a dollar, right? On Top Shot, say, Buster, I, I've already trashed a few players. So who's a player that uh, you would say doesn't have a much much fanfare in the league right now? So who's the ninth man on a team that might not get a ton of attention? Use me as an example. I'm All right. So if Buster shares the ninth man on the Denver Nuggets, uh, his moments on Top Shot right now would be worth closer to three or four dollars. Um, and the reason for that is every single moment on Top Shot can be traded in for a trade ticket. Now, this is a deflationary tactic that removes moments from circulation. So every time we do a trade ticket drop, we remove upwards of 500,000 moments from active circulation, which makes every moment on Top Shot scarcer and rarer. And then in exchange for trade tickets, you're then able to buy new packs. So we put out series one reserve packs uh, every month, these packs TLDR, they weren't sold in series one for a very for a number of reasons, but we have them. They come with four moments and you have the chance of pulling a LeBron James debut at the common tier, a Steph Curry debut at the common tier, a Kawhi Leonard, a Derek Rose, all debuts at the common tier. It costs 350 trade tickets to get into that queue and then Holy purchase a pack. That's but, wild. but those packs are always a hoot. Um, it's a lot. It's a grind to accumulate. You only get one trade. trade ticket for every moment you trade in, or does it depend on which it is? Any tr any moment you trade in is worth one trade ticket, be it a rare, a legendary, a common. We're not necessarily incent. We don't want to incentivize you to trade in your good stuff to get a chance at a series one reserve. So in theory, the cheapest moment on Top Shots two dollars, let's say. Roughly, yeah. So it'll cost you, you know, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I'd say, um, but when we announce a, a trade ticket drop, then the floor might rise up to $3, not because we necessarily want it to. But or because, buying. Right, exactly. Right, so there's an extra incentive to buy the floor just because it's the floor too. Well, it creates a ton of liquidity at the low end too, right? Like right. There, are some, there are some cards that you can never sell just because no one wants them. Well, in right. this case, every moment has utility. It's fascinating, man. You guys are really thinking about it in, in a unique way. I love it. So nbatopshot.com, that's where people can check it out. And then obviously from there, they can find all of the other uh, Dapper Labs platforms. Thank you so much for coming on and, and helping us all uh, understand it a little bit better. Buster, such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the thoughtful questions and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the community. 100%. All right, everybody. See you next time. Peace.